Welcome to Nerd Heaven. I'm Adam David Collings, the author of Jewel of the Stars, and I am a nerd. So things have been really hectic for me lately. I've been uh, taking care of my wife through some medical stuff that she's been going through, and kind of single-handedly running the household a little bit. So my next analysis of Star Trek Continues is not ready yet. But I wanted to give you something anyway. So, today I'm going to be talking about some DC comics that I've recently read. So I'm going to cover The Killing Joke, The Fall of Metropolis, Emerald Twilight, Zero Hour, and Dead Again. And as usual, of course, there will be lots of spoilers here. Spoilers for 1990s DC Comics. Let's start with The Killing Joke. Now, I wasn't able to get this one on the DC Universe Infinite app because it's at the Ultra level, which I'm uh, not subscribed to. So, my wife got me this beautiful hardcover version. And it's really nice. I don't usually splurge on, on physical comics, but uh, this was a Christmas present and it's, it's really nice. And it's, it's a good story, so, you know, it's worth having this one on my shelf. Uh, very much a classic. Now, this packs a lot into what is a really short story. It's got a tragic status quo change that will forever alter the life of Barbara Gordon and take her character in a whole new and quite interesting direction. So, that was cool. It gives us an origin story for the Joker. Now, I found this really interesting because the Joker's always been this character we know so little about. We don't even know his real name, where it came from. We know very little about why he is the way he is. But this book gave us some of that. It showed us as you know, an ordinary guy with a wife and a baby on the way, the, the pressures of life, and it, it, it kind of took us through the things that led him to becoming the Joker. And I really enjoy that. I like delving into the backstory and origins of characters like this. So, yeah, I, I was into that. It has a real philosophical exploration of the concept of madness. And the whole story really is the Joker trying to figure out this concept of madness and what he actually believes about it and what leads to it. So I thought it was cool. And it also does a lot of development of the relationship between Batman and the Joker. So all in all, this was a short story with a, with a whole lot of punch inside it. And, and I liked all of those elements personally. I know some of those elements are a little bit controversial with some people, uh, and that's cool, but, but I liked it all. The ending was interesting. It ends with this joke and then this really unexpected moment with Batman and the Joker both laughing. I'm going to be thinking about that ending for a long time and really kind of analysing and getting in my head around, you know, what does this ending really mean? So that, that's some real, um, you know, uh, chewing gum for the brain and, and that's cool. The next one I read after that was in uh, Superman, The Fall of Metropolis. Now this was an interesting story arc. It it's, gives us an ending of sorts for Lex Luthor. Not a complete ending, I mean, he's left basically in a vegetative state near death, but not dead. So they can bring him back at any time. And I think the reason they wanted to do this is because there was a particular writer leaving the staff, maybe one who'd been instrumental in Lex's story, I'm not sure. But the, there was a little comment at the end saying you know, it was fitting that, that Lex leaves us at the same time as, as this writer leaves us. So I think that's why they did it. Um, but we've got Lois kind of taking him down, figuring out who he is, what he is, what he's done, 
and he's trying to destroy her, discredit her, but in the end, she gets the evidence and she takes him down. And that's very satisfying to see. And I think that's interesting that it's ultimately it's Lois, not Superman, who brings him down. Uh, 90s Superman is doing some pretty cool stuff with Lois. Um, you know, I know in the, like, the early days, the 30s, 50s, 60s and all that, Lois was very much a damsel in distress. But even in, in 90s Superman, you know, she's, she's quite a character in her own right. And I really like the way she's portrayed. So this brings us an end to the whole Lex Luthor Jr., which, of course, there's this idea where he cloned himself into a younger body and then pretended to be his own son. And uh, she exposes that, and he's essentially dying because he's a clone. I, I can't help but feel like this whole Lex Jr. story kind of never really came to anything. And I don't know if they had more planned and then decided to just kind of end it or what, but... I just feel like this could have been building towards something more. I'm not sure what that is, but something. But we get this big epic battle between LexCorp and Cadmus, and this battle basically just destroys Metropolis. Um, just everything is trashed. The, the Daily Planet building is destroyed. You know, They're all in this little warehouse with a temporary setup so that they can keep putting out the newspaper. And I, I really liked this. I thought this was a bold thing to do. And I wanted to to sit in this status quo and let this last for a long time as they slowly rebuilt. We'll come back to this. <laughs> because the next book I read was Emerald Twilight. Now, this is a Green Lantern story. Um, rather infamous one. Now, I haven't read a lot of Green Lantern. I read... Uh, Green Lantern's Secret Origins by Jeff Johns, which was a kind of a, a redo of his origin story for Hal Jordan, and I really like that story. You know, I've, I've heard about how Jeff Johns is known for taking a character that's fairly one-dimensional and just injecting so much interesting stuff and fle fleshing them out, and I really like that. I really liked how he did that in this Green Lantern origin, and... Uh, yeah, as I make my way through the 90s towards the 2000s, I want to read a lot more of the Jeff John stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. But that was a great origin story, so I got to see this introduction to Hal Jordan. <laughs> and now I'm reading the end of Hal Jordan. So I've got, like, the beginning and the end, and, and I've not I've read basically nothing in the middle, <laughs> which is kind of strange. But, yeah, this, again, was another bold thing to do taking such a beloved character and and just having them go so off the rails and become a villain and in a way become so irredeemable. You know, I, I commend the boldness of them doing something like that. Um, I do like these kinds of dark turns in stories. Um, and I'll tell you what, the more I look at the actual comics themselves, the more justified I feel in being a fan of the Snyderverse movies which I absolutely love. Now, looking at this comic, I can understand that uh, fans of the Hal Jordan character, I can imagine, would have been a little bit horrified, maybe even upset by this. So I, I get that, but... Especially, like, when he kills Kolowog, Kilowog, whatever his name is, like... Like, I understand that he was a, a bit of a, a friend to Hal Jordan, and... Yeah... Such a bold storytelling choice. Just uh, such an interesting thing to do. So, um, yeah. I, I, I understand why people might not like it, but I, I really did love this story. 
And that leads us into Zero Hour, which is, of course, a big DC crossover event. Uh, it's basically the second one they did after the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I haven't read because I started right after that. I started with the, the post-Crisis origins of Superman and Batman and a little bit of... I read the origin of Wally West, but I've mainly followed Superman and, and Batman. This story was challenging to break into. There are so many books that I'd never heard of, characters I was unfamiliar with, didn't, didn't even know exist, that, um, that I kind of had to read to, to follow this story. And a lot of them, I'm just being dropped right in the middle of, almost near the end of, of a story arc, and I've got no idea what's going on. I don't know who any of these characters even are. I've never heard of a lot of them, never heard of the books. And um, so that was a real challenge. And a lot of these stories had very little connection to the actual ongoing Zero Hour thing. So, I mean, I probably could have skipped a lot of them, but you don't know what you can skip necessarily. So I just read the, the entire collection. But uh, I found that a lot of the core DC characters, your Superman, your Batman, your Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, well, you know, Green Lantern was, was in a bit, but a lot of those core DC characters barely featured in this story, and they did very little. Like, the story really centred on a lot of characters from the 30th century. Characters that I just didn't care about. I'm just not invested in them. There's these legion of superheroes, and they just seem so cheesy. And then there's all these others. There's this Valor guy who's maybe associated with him somehow. I don't know. I've never heard of him before. Uh, and then there's all these... There's, like, the Wave Rider and, and these other time-travelling people. I mean, I love time travel, but... And I'd seen a little bit of these characters in a previous Superman story, but I just don't know them. And they just seem to be... All these people from the future are the the main core of the story. And I feel like it didn't do much of a service to the core DC characters that I would expect to be leading the charge in a big crossover thing like this. So that was kind of weird. And I did like the Hal Jordan reveal, where um, we actually see that he is the villain responsible for all of this and it just continues that uh, Emerald Twilight story um, and just the heartbreaking stuff as these characters are trying to plead with him to come back and he's like no it's too late I've gone too far and I just don't care anymore and um, Green Land, Green Arrow, um, Oliver Queen and Hal Jordan were apparently pretty good mates and you, you can see that and just just the heartbreak that this causes uh, Ollie that's uh, yeah, so that the Hal Jordan stuff was good, but overall I wasn't a big fan of the Zero Hour. Um, and apparently it's not that highly regarded amongst the crossover events anyway by other people, so I can see that. After that was done, I read the Superman... I, I came back based at Superman, where I left off, um, and the next arc was called Dead Again. Um, now, right at the start of this story, we find that Metropolis is just back. It... And everything is as it was. I'm thinking, well, this is this because, you know, things were changed by the time crisis? You know, I was hoping they wouldn't do that. But it wasn't really even that. Lois just makes this comment that we've just, we've rebuilt Metropolis in record time. And I'm just going, no. You, you go to all the trouble, you do this stuff, and then you just wipe it clean with the reset button. Now, that's what Voyager did so often. Like... Don't push that reset button. Let us live in the rubble for a while. Like, I would have liked to have an entire year worth of comics publishing 
just having them living in the rubble and slowly rebuilding. And then, you know, the next year, they've got some more stuff, but they're still not what it was, and maybe it'll never be exactly what it was. But to just go like this, and now everything's back again, no, that was a big disappointment to me. Um, but the way this story goes, they find Superman's body in his old tomb, which is interesting because Superman died, he was put in that tomb, and he came back to life, and he's been alive again for, for uh, basically a year at this point. This could have been tiresome, this could have been, oh, whoa, we're going here, are we? We're going to go through all this again, we're going to put doubt that this really is Superman. Um, so I was a bit hesitant, I wasn't sure this was really going to be good. Um, and Superman's behaviour was just getting a bit weird, like, he's just so impulsive and... Like, he keeps thinking, oh, who's behind this? It must be this guy. And then he's like, yes, it is definitely this guy. I'm going to take him down. And then he realizes, well, it's not him. Oh, well, it must be this guy. And it's definitely him. And I'm going to take him down. It's like Superman's almost kind of becoming this three-year-old that's just so focused on this one thing and can't even imagine that he might be wrong, even though he keeps getting proven wrong again and again and again. So I wasn't sure about that, but... It was all justifiable and justified in the end because of Brainiac. Um, because he was messing with Superman's mind. And near the end they're seeing Superman just totally lose it because of, of Brainiac's influence. And just, just kind of going crazy and kind of realising that he's going crazy but then being pulled back into it. And that was actually real, really well done. So um, I wasn't sure this story was going to work, but in the end, it did, and I really liked it. I thought they did a good job of it. Um, so yeah, I think they pulled that off, so well done to them. So that's pretty much where I'm up to now. I'm going to keep reading Superman. I've got some Batman to catch up on, um, because I know I'm further ahead in the timeline with Superman than I am with Batman, just from, from some comments of things that have been made. It's like, ah, oh, okay, I haven't read about that yet, but I know it's coming. Um, there's also a little bit of Wally West Flash that I want to read, and a little bit of Justice League. Um, but I'll, uh, long term, I'm just going to keep going with Superman, heading toward the, uh, the 2000s. But I'm really ready at this point for Lois and Clark to just marry already. It just feels like they're dragging it out for too long. But uh, I've done a bit of research, and that happened in 96, and I'm just starting 1995. So I've still got another year before they actually marry. So I think that's going to become quite tiresome. Like, what are you guys waiting for? I hope it's not going to be like the Lois and Clark TV show where they just spend the entire season, like, just reason after reason after reason. Oh, we can't marry. Oh, okay, we've overcome that. Oh, we can't marry. Like, that started to get a bit old. So, um, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that I liked about that season. I love that they did kind of do the whole marriage thing. But they did drag it out. And possibly... Possibly that they introduced it a little early, like I think maybe Clark proposed too early, um, which then led them to drag it out further than they should. I don't know. Anyway, that's where I'm at with comics. Uh, I am enjoying reading them and looking forward to seeing where they take me next. So that's pretty much all I have to talk about this time. Next time on Nerd Heaven, we will be back into Star Trek Continues, uh, looking at the episode with John Delancey. Uh, what Chips Are For, I think, is the name of that episode. So, hopefully I'll have that for you in the next two weeks. But until then, live long and prosper. Make it so.